fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, it is. Welcome into the program. You finally made it to the end of the week. It is a Friday. It is the greatest day of the entire week. At least that's what we tell ourselves because we're excited for another weekend. Welcome into the program. This is the Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier. Thanks for hanging out, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. The Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. Welcome aboard. Let's get into it. we got a lot to talk about today. Dr. Vermel Green, the Boys Initiative. She's back on the program at the bottom of the hour today. We'll chat with her. There is a new uh, school district out of Connecticut that is pushing systematic racism, really enforcing the whole gender identification issue and the gender pronouns, really trying to enforce in their history books the white privilege or the victimization of society. Is that proper way to educate our youth of America? We'll get with that and chat with her in just a little bit. Also, as a Friday, we try to do things a little bit more lighthearted-ish today. There is, I don't know if you've read these, <laughs> There's there's been the release of these text messages from Elon Musk on the whole purchase of the Tweety, which obviously is backed out, and now there's the court case because they want him to buy it now and he doesn't want to buy it, and they show kind of the progression of conversation that was had with Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, and Elon Musk, who was wanting to buy the Tweety, and then some of the other individuals that were involved from the board. I find that kind of interesting. We'll kind of touch on that a little bit here on the program as well. First and foremost, though, as we talk about social media, we talk about the interweb. uh, There's a concerning story to me that just I shake my head. This is, I guess, the direction we're going, but I'm not one that really likes the 21st century. (laughs) <laughs> or the, are we in the 21st? Yeah, we're in the 21st century. I'm not really into it. I'm not into the technology. I've told you before, I am definitely born at the wrong time era because I would totally do without all of this crazy technology and the phones that take advantage of you and track you everywhere you go. I'm still holding out. I get these offers and these text messages every day about the iPhone 14, and I don't want it. I don't, I don't want the iPhone 14. I don't want to go to 5G. I don't want the technology. I want to go back to a flip phone. Where I can, you know, hit the button multiple times to get to the right character to text and it takes forever and then people get really annoyed with me. And then I flip it open to answer it and then I flip it closed to hang up and then it's done and there's nothing else on there. Not the way the world's going. I get it. But at the same time, I would really enjoy that, honestly. But as the uh, the society continues down this road of technology... Remember back in the 90s? Now, I was a kid at this time. I remember this. But you remember those? There were two of them. There was the Chia Pet which was like you grow the hair out and you can trim it and it's really cool. Remember those commercials? Cha-cha-cha-chia. And you can <laughs> you put it in water and then it grows the the whatever it was, the grass or whatever that grew out of it, and it grew out his hair and then you could trim it and make it look really cool. I remember those. I was in middle school and those came out. But remember the other one? The uh, It was the little bitty like keychain thing and it was the animal that you had to take care of. What the heck were those called? I was looking at it online trying to find some and all i could find was the tamagotchi is that what it was called the handheld digital pet where you had to feed it 
You had to play with it. And if you didn't, then it would die. And then it would get reborn and you'd get to name it and you'd have to you'd have to play with it again. And I remember those because I was in middle school and uh, <laughs> a few of my friends, I never had one. I never played. I was like, that's really stupid. As a kid, I thought that. I was like, that's really dumb. Why would I do that? Why wouldn't I just get a regular pet? And at that time, I wasn't much of a pet person anyway. So I'm like, so why would I try and get a digital one? But I remember my friends that had them. And in our lockers in the classroom, it would start going off and start barking because you haven't fed it in a couple hours or you didn't play with it in a couple hours. And it would start going nuts. And the teacher would get angry. Well, now we're taking that to an entirely new level is because apparently, according to the Daily Star, we are now concerned about overpopulation of the earth. And now we're pushing metaverse children to to replace real children by the year 2050 to, quote, help with overpopulation. Oh, yes. We can't have real children because that's overpopulating the earth. Now, now. We need to go to the metaverse. For those that don't know what the metaverse is, that is the Oculus. That is the virtual world where you can get the Facebook Oculus and you can get it on. You can play the games and it's the real life virtual reality world. And it's neat. I have one. I've played it. I don't go into the whole social like play with other people. I play a couple of games on there really honestly because I get motion sickness. I can't walk around in them. I have to do the other ones that like stay in a straight line and don't move a whole lot. Anything other than that, I get motion sickness and I can't do it. Andy, why don't you walk around and play? I can't do it. Just can't do it. But now, according to the Daily Star, virtual kids born in the metaverse could become more common in the next 50 years, according to AI experts, as they believe parents will want to care for digital children in virtual reality using a headset to feel like they really are with their CGI kid. I can only imagine how well this is going to go. Is it child abuse if you neglect your virtual reality child? I mean, (laughs) we've already had the cases of the molestation or the sexual harassment on the virtual reality world of someone who has been, quote-unquote, raped on the virtual reality world. Now, it wasn't them. It was their, quote-unquote, avatar. But they say that now they want to go to court because it was them in the virtual reality world. I wonder if there's going to be child abuse cases for neglect if you don't take care of your child. I mean, you can't do it like the digital like the digital animal, the digital dog, if you don't feed it and then it like dies and then it just gets reborn. I don't think you can do that in the virtual reality world, can you in the metaverse, can you? I want to know how this plays out, but is that the way that we're going to go? We're going to deny our biological abilities of reproduction and creating a new generation of individuals, and are we all going to die off on our own? To hell with the end of the world or rapture or anything else that's going to happen because we're just going to kill ourselves off already by just creating AI children as opposed to real children. Good golly. I'm trying to find, what is the name? It's not the Tamagotchi. There was an easier name for it. It's going to bug the crap out of me on what that was actually called. There was the Nano Kitty, the Tamagotchi. Maybe it was. I don't know. Again, I never played with those things. If you want to let me know, you can email me. Who's your media network at gmail.com. Let's get into what's trending. What do you say? Get to some real issues. What's trending today? Yeah, I swear we're going to talk about some actual important issues today, not just the Tamagotchi digital things and AI children, because that stuff wakes me out, and I don't really want to focus on that. Uh, again, if you're talking about real children, we're going to talk with Dr. Vermel Green at the bottom of the hour about systematic racism. But what's going on? We need a segment now called What's Going On in Washington, D.C.? 
Because the media is not talking about Washington, D.C. In fact, all they care about is Hurricane Ian, which obviously is a devastating thing. It's now moving into the Carolinas. In thoughts and prayers with everybody that's been affected, I've seen the videos of the floods. I've seen the disaster that's been going on, and I hope that everybody's okay and the, the, the disaster that we have. Get ready for some disaster relief. Get ready for some more government funding to try and help that out because that is a devastating thing. Maybe we should not send money to Ukraine and actually take care of the, the uh, disaster relief in the U.S. I don't know. I mean, today we're but that's part of the issue going on in Washington, D.C. The House of Representatives has officially passed the continuing resolution. It is heading over to the president's desk for him to sign, and he has to do it by tonight. So you got to wake him up. You got to get him out of his wheelchair. You got to inject a few steroids into him. And then you got to get him over to the Oval Office for him to sign the document before midnight tonight, before the government could potentially shut down. Oh, my. Oh, my. I want that. So, uh, the obviously, the Democrats who run the House of Representatives ended up passing the bill. Many Republicans didn't even want to vote on it. They just didn't care. Yeah, I'm a no vote. I mean, and, and you can talk about it all you want. Uh, just the, the in itself, the fact that it continues to put us further in debt is a reason not to vote for it. I mean, it's a disaster. And... Well, all it is is said we're just going to spend the same thing we spent last year, and we're here today because last year put us in a deficit because we just over overspend. There's no cutting. There's nothing like that. So just if you want to find one reason to vote for this or vote against it, which I will be doing, and I always do, is the fact that uh, it puts us further and further in debt. We're not cutting expenses, and we're not putting money where it needs to go. I mean, we got uh, money going to uh, to Ukraine, which is uh, fine, but also we got a real situation on our border. We need to be putting money there. And now with the tragedy in Florida, we're going to have to probably do some things there. So this is a bad, bad bill. I'll be voting against it. I'll be voting against it. Well, most Republicans did if they even voted at all, which does beg the question. I mean, if you know you're going to lose because of a Democrat majority in the House of Representatives, is it even worth going and casting your vote? I say yes, because that's your job, and I want you to take a a firm stance against it. So they voted no. But there were some Republicans saying, what's even the point? We're trying to campaign right now. We're on the campaign trail. We're talking to our constituents. We're going around the districts. Why do I need to fly back there to vote on a stupid bill that you guys are ramming through that uh, we don't get a whole lot of say on anyways because you guys are spending a ridiculous amount of money in other places outside of the United States? The final bill that was included here included billions of dollars going towards, uh, this is according to the federalnewsnetwork.com, included, let's see here. Uh, trying to find where the actual money went. It's um, billions of dollars over to the Ukraine, but also it spent $3 billion over for Afghan refugees. <laughs> I know. The disaster of the pullout of Afghanistan was so devastating that even the Biden administration now and Democrats recognize that they still have refugees they need to take care of because they didn't get them all out of Afghanistan. So now, instead of spending $3 billion on, I don't know, disaster relief in Florida and South Carolina for hurricane relief. No, no, we're now going to be spending it on Afghanistan and the refugees over there because we couldn't properly do the operation that needed to be done over there. So, again, another disaster. Every Republican better have voted against it. I haven't seen the official voting roster on that one on where it went, but I'm assuming most most Republicans voted against it. And if you did vote for it, then you are definitely one that needs to be booted out of office. Yesterday, the Senate passed it. So that went through. The House passed it today. It's on the desk now for uh, the president right now in the White House. On the other part of what's trending. Why not? Let's do it. What's trending today? 
Oh, by the way, too, by the way, real quick, that continuing resolution, that does, for those that are curious, that funds the federal government with the same amount of funding, except for the additional quarter, $10, 20000000000 billion, whatever it is, in additional spending, that funds the government up to December 16th. So... They're like, oh, that gives us more time to actually plan a budget for 2023. We're not because we don't, but if we did, that would be nice. But we'll see the same conversation come up in December 16th, and they'll either do a continuing resolution up until like January or February, usually like February, I think, and then we'll do it again, and we'll just continue that on throughout the entire year next year. Or we'll have a massive omnibus bill that will just be everything, not the 12 appropriations bills, not an actual federal budget, just this is how much we spent in the last year. We're going to do a 5% increase across the board with an increase in debt spending or deficit spending, and then we'll just pass it as one big major bill and uh, do what Nancy Pelosi loves to do is pass it to see what's in it. So that's that news. The other news that the media is not talking about that I think we should spend some time on and focus on is the Mental Health Matters Act that was put up by both Republicans and Democrats. It was a bipartisan measure trying to actually focus on mental health issues in public schools. The problem is, is that Republicans have tried to attach a amendment onto the bill saying that with a focus on mental health, that maybe parents, God forbid, should have some type of say or knowledge of some type of mental health resource that they're the uh, that the school districts or that the teachers are actually giving to their students. I, what a wild concept! Actually notifying the parents and letting them know what's going on at the school if they are receiving some type of mental health assistance in some way, shape, or form. We'll talk about that when we come back here in just a minute. The Mental Health Matters Act that no one seems to be talking about. So let's do it right here for a Friday here on The Voice of Reason. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch, listen to the show. Always great to have you along today as every single day. By the way, for those that were wondering, I totally forgot to upload the extended interview from our interview with U.S. Senator James Langford yesterday from the state of Oklahoma. We sat down with him for a good 20 minutes or so. Could only play about half of that interview on the program yesterday. So today we will upload that full extended interview. You can listen to that. And uh, we look forward to having you enjoy that one, which I do highly recommend. Now, that one was uh, prior to the vote in the Senate of extending that continuing resolution that has been passed by the Senate yesterday. The House ended up passing it today. And now it's sitting on Joe Biden's desk whenever he can hobble himself into the White House and the West Wing to sign that bill. The other bit of news as we went into the break talking about is something that I think needs to be focused on some attention because you got to remember Democrats have not done a very good job at trying to be transparent and open and allowing parents to have a say in their children's education that was literally the deciding moment for the governor's race in what Virginia 
when Democrats are like, oh, no, you don't have to worry about it. We shouldn't have parents deciding the curriculum. We shouldn't have parents involved in their public education with their children. They shouldn't have a say in what's going on. In fact, we've had many Democrats talking about how it was an insurrection of the school districts nationwide, just like in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, with parents upset about critical race theory and upset about vaccine mandates and upset about mask mandates and with parents showing up to public school board meetings running for school board and winning school board seats all over the nation, then they say it's an insurrection because how dare parents actually be that involved in their child's education through the school district? How could you? How could you? To me, that makes me think a little. Nonetheless, there is a new bill that's in Washington, D.C. right now called the Mental Health Matters Act. And Democrats have blocked a revision to it that Republicans have proposed an amendment to the bill trying to say that while we focus on mental health in this nation and focus on mental health with the children, that maybe, just maybe, parents should be involved in that and should be uh, have some type of say of what type of mental health treatment that their children are actually getting. Let me rephrase that for Democrats are blocking the ability of parents to know or to be involved in the mental health treatment that the school districts are providing for the children. Which tells me, in the wild, wackadoodle, conspiracy theorist mindset that I have right now, put on the tinfoil hat for just a second, if they don't want the parents involved, then what are they trying to brainwash the children with that they don't want the parents to know about? Obviously, we're seeing a massive increase of the LGBTQ community, transgenderism, the gender pronoun confusion that we have in this nation. And not to knock those that truly, honestly feel that way. I don't really care. Live your life, do your thing. Just... I'm not going to refer to you as something that you're not because that's not the way that reality actually is. But live your life however you want to. I don't care. But there are more and more younger children that are now questioning their gender, probably because we have school districts that are telling them that they are confused if they think that they are just one gender or another, which then leads to the confusion, which then leads to the depression or at least confusion in their mind, which leads to the mental health issues, which leads to therapists there at school trying to tell them that they're confused and then they don't tell the parents about the confusion that they have. They just go back to their parents later and say, by the way, I no longer identify as. I mean, is that what we're dealing with here? We have massive school shootings that the Democrats say they're very concerned about. Okay, sure, let's invest in mental health issues. We have social uh, social online bullying. We have physical bullying. We have gender confusion now. We have a lot of issues that are leading to depression that are leading to bullying, that are leading to mental health issues for children that we've talked about many times on this show. Yes, we need mental health focuses right now. Why in the world would parents not be involved in that process to know exactly what's being said or being quote-unquote treated to with their children if something's going on or to even let the parents know that something's going on? I find that mind-boggling, but yet... Maybe, maybe we live in a world where parents just don't care anymore because they just send them to the public education system and say, hey, it's now your duty to educate my child. I want hands off, but I highly doubt it. Dr. Vermel Green coming up right around the corner. Stay here. Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into the program. We are on the home stretch here. Last half hour of the show for a Friday. I know you're excited. It's the end of the week. Ice cream, you scream. We all scream for ice cream. 
Might have to have some of that. I'm not a big sweet person, though. Got to admit. Hey, Andy, what do you want for a snack? I want a sandwich or a taco. <laughs> I don't want candy. I don't want ice cream. I don't want soda. That's what I do. Yeah, I got to work on that a little bit, too. Welcome into the show. By the way, if you have not signed up yet, we will send out our newsletter coming up for Monday for the new month here, month of October. Just go to HoosierReason.com, H-O-O-S-E-R Reason.com. Sign up. It'll pop up say, do you want to become a Hoosier-holic? And you're like, uh, yeah. Time to upgrade my life a little bit. Totally free. We don't spam you all the time. All we do is just send you a once-a-month email with our monthly blog with issues about the show, things going on with the Hoosier Media Network, and all the projects we're working on, some hoorah for the new month, and a heck of a lot more. So, again, just sign up at HoosierReason.com. By the way, as well, you can also email me, HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Got an email from listener Jeff uh, talking about, at the beginning of the show, we talked about the Metaverse Children that apparently is going to be the future, man. No longer are we going to have our own children. We're going to get on the metaverse, the Oculus, and raise children there. Kind of like the, I was thinking of the Chia Pets or those, uh, the what were they called? I can never remember those stupid things. The digital, like, little dog things that used to bark at you unless you feed them. Um, got an email from Jeff. The toy I was thinking of was the Furby. That was another great one, was the Furby. But now, apparently, we don't want to raise our own children. Let's just take them to the metaverse. Uh, that might make things a little bit easier. I don't know. Let's go to our guest here with our latest in What's Trending. What's Trending Today. Really happy to have back on the program. It's been way too long since we've chatted with her. One of our favorite guests here on the show. She is with the Boys Initiative, boysinitiative.org. You can go check it out. Dr. Vermel Green here with us here. Vermel, how are you today? sparkling it is so good to talk with you what do you think instead of having children and worrying about the public education system we could just have children on the metaverse and then i'm curious though would that be considered child neglect if you forget to log on to the interweb and feed them or take care of them like how, how would that work oh my goodness <laughs> i tell you the the onslaught against the family the nuclear family continues where parents, hopefully parents, are standing strong and saying, no, you're not going to relegate my child to the stratosphere or to uh, any other kind of digital uh, universe. My child is flesh and blood, that my child belongs to me, and I am being held responsible before the eyes of God to protect that child and keep them going the way they're supposed to be. Amen to that. We've seemed to lost that, like you said, the family value and the family unit. Be All because of the name of climate change, we can save the earth by not reproducing our own children, just putting them on the metaverse and then taking care of an electronic AI child. I've told you many times before I've said on this radio show, I was born in the wrong generation because I want to go back to flip phones and non-computers. <laughs> You know what? I I just gave up my flip phone maybe a year or so ago. Uh, I missed I love it. I love it. I'm right there with you. It took me a while to get to adapt. I get these messages all the time about upgrading my iPhone to the iPhone 14, and I'm like, I don't want 5G. I don't want it. I just want to stick with whatever I have. Anyways, uh, it's a fascinating conversation about the way direction that uh, technology is going. Uh, but we're at the beginning of the fall semester for the 2022 school year. Uh, for about, how are we doing so far? The schools are opening back up. I've heard of some still trying to mandate COVID mandates with either masks or vaccines, whatever they're doing, uh, with some of the curriculum that we'll get to here in just a second. But has it been a decent start to the school year this year? Oh, my. It depends on where you are in this country and even within a certain state. Some 
school districts are hanging on to those mass mandates and social distancing, and others are saying, you know what, these are children, we're just going to educate them, let them come in. And I tell you also, all the babies across the board who have not been in school or real structured uh, learning for the past year or two years, teachers are really seeing it. We have second graders who don't know how to stand in line because, you know, they, they missed kindergarten and first grade. They were behind a computer. And you have some fourth graders who aren't reading where they should be. So teachers have their work cut out for them. It is sad, and I was wondering about what we would see as a side effect and if we started to see the ramifications of not going to school for a year or two. But it sounds like that's been maybe one of the biggest hurdles of this semester so far. It has been. Um, usually this time of year, teachers are, you know, decrying the fact that, oh, my kids, they had the summer slump. They've forgotten what they learned last year over the summer. Now they're saying they've forgotten what they learned over the past two years. It is so sad. That is very unfortunate. Let's talk about some of the curriculum. Obviously, there's been a lot of debates, and I think that many parents have finally started to. we still got a lot, a lot of work to do, but they've started to stand up, and it started with COVID, with parents going into the school board meetings and trying to run for school boards. In fact, we've had Washington, D.C. now say that it was just like the insurrection on January 6th with MAGA individuals, with the insurrection of parents flooding school boards and running over and running for races as school board members across the nation and they're calling them domestic terrorists because they're now trying to be involved with their children it sounds like the administrators and that school board members across the nation are getting a little scared of the involvement in activism from parents now (laughs) it is such a oh my goodness it is such a difference um, you know, 20 years um, ago when I was still in the classroom, oh, we were begging parents, please come to these meetings, get involved. You know, PTA meetings, you know, out of in a school with 600 children, we would have maybe 10 parents show up for a PTA meeting. And we used to always fuss about these parents not being involved. And then there it is in 2022, parents want to be involved, actively involved, and then they're labeled terrorists. We don't want you. You go away. You let us um, determine what's best for your child. So I hope the parents aren't intimidated. They need to continue to um, come to those school board meetings and stand up and advocate for their children, especially, especially their sons, because our boys continue to fall behind. Amen to that. Well, now we're seeing, which is uh, some of the stuff that you've been focusing on, is some of the uh, worksheets and some of the curriculum that we're seeing out of schools, out of like Connecticut, where they're using these very specific words, really trying to hone in on the division of America, either system systematic racism or white privilege or the indigenous individuals or confusing people about their gender pronouns, this is starting to be taught at a very young age, and that's concerning to me. Oh, it's concerning to me as well, Andy. You know, we have little four- and five-year-old children who can barely tie their shoes. They're being confronted with the fact that, you know what, maybe you're not really a boy, little boy. Maybe you're not really a girl, little girl. And perhaps you need to change. And what makes it even worse is that teachers are told, don't tell the parent. So, I mean, 
It is such a mess in in times. And also in regards to the curricula at the upper levels even, you know, sixth and seventh graders being taught about homosexual sex and and, and how methods and, and oh my goodness, it's it's just criminal. These we're stealing the youth. We're stealing the youth of our children. We're keeping them from being young. Yeah, well, we are, and you, I mean, everything that you just mentioned is wrong. The biggest red flag to me that stuck out was, like you said, don't tell your parents. We just read right before you came on an article uh, of a bill in Washington, D.C. of the Mental Health Matters Act wanting to focus on mental health for children, which is cool, which is great. Glad we're finally talking about it. But Democrats have denied a an amendment to that bill to inform the parents for the parents' involvement in the mental health treatment that the school's giving the children, I would think if my if my kid is confused or is depressed or is suicidal or may have made some comments about wanting to shoot up a school or do something that is a parent and they're getting treatment at the school from the mental health experts, that I think I should know about that, shouldn't I? Absolutely you should know. As I said, those children don't belong to the administrators. They don't belong to the teachers. They belong to their parents. And what, what, what really is crazy is that child does something horrendous, you know, because of a mental health problem, they're going to hold the parent responsible. And so the poor parent who's been kept in the dark doesn't know a thing of what's going on. So, you know, I, I really feel for these parents. But again, parents, you outnumber the teachers, you outnumber the administrators. Stand up for your rights. Stand up for your rights. We've got about a minute before we have to take a hard break here, but I want to ask you about some of these terms they are using, including this white privilege, the transgender stuff. But, uh, I mean, the, the gender pronoun thing it blows my mind. I mean, we're seeing universities here in Kansas have stickers for the gender or the pronoun I'd like to be referred to as. But I don't understand one where they try to describe people. Where did Latin X come from? I, I, <laughs> I don't know what Latin X means or where that even came from to describe someone of Hispanic descent. And they don't like it. I've heard that our Hispanic uh, Americans, they don't like to be referred to as Latinx. You know, for one thing, they have struggled to be a part of the American culture, American society, and then to be relegated to an X, that's shameful. It's shameful. I've I've never heard it until just the last year or so, and now it's the big thing. And you're right, Hispanic. I mean, we I I mentioned here in the Wichita area, we the company I work for recently just bought a a uh, Spanish radio station. So we have uh, some individuals running that. My program director and the sales team and all the DJs over there. I've asked them, "What does Latin X mean?" They don't even know. They're like, "We've never heard this term, and why would someone refer to us as a Latin X?" That makes no sense. <laughs> Also, in regards to CRT, you mentioned, you know, as as a black woman, I'm really very upset with my fellow black Americans that they have swallowed that hook, lion, and sinker, that they are saying, oh, well, you know, we we need reparations. America is a racist society. Well, apparently, a lot of um, black people who are coming in from Haiti and Africa flooding into this country, no one told them that we're a racist country. In fact, I look around and I don't see anywhere else on this planet where blacks have done better than in the United States of America. Amen to that. Let's continue that conversation when we come back here. It's the Boys Initiative. Dr. Vermel Green, you guys have a summit coming up I want to talk about when we come back, plus this critical race theory as well that's being honed in in our public education system. Lots more of that coming up right around the corner for a Friday here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Thanks, straight we are. Reason, common sense, rationale, truth, fact, whatever you want to call it. Welcome into the program. That's what we try to unveil here on the program in our fastest hour of radio on, well, radio with multiple radio stations all over the place. Thanks for hanging out today. We're chatting with Dr. Vermel Green, the Boys Initiative, boysinitiative.org. As we talk about public education, trying to focus on proper education and proper education for boys. Because, uh, Vermel, as we've talked about, I mean, we we now are telling them that they're too masculine, that they're confused about their gender, which lowers the masculinity as well. We don't teach them like they need to be taught as boys compared to girls. We just think that the whole umbrella thing is going to work. And then if they are a certain skin color, then we tell them that either they're a victim or that they're the oppressors in society and that their entire family have been oppressors in society. Did we about sum that up right? (laughs) You did. (laughs) That was pretty good. Uh, Our boys truly are getting it from all sides. And I'm speaking mainly now about academics, academia, and where teachers um, really don't understand how boys learn. Uh, Some teachers, many teachers, um, have not been trained properly in boy-girl learning differences. So when a little boy acts up or he's slow at catching on, be it reading or writing, he's he's sometimes labeled, you know, uh, special education. He's too active. He's always touching. He won't pay attention. He must be ADD or ADHD. And these poor parents are getting phone calls. Johnny won't sit still. Johnny won't focus. Johnny, Johnny is messy. So the parent takes them to a doctor, takes Johnny to a doctor. The doctor listens to these symptoms, and he says, well, let's put him on Adderall or maybe Ritalin. Let's see what that does. And of course, that does make a big difference because little Johnny then becomes almost comatose. He becomes calm and docile, and the teacher just loves it. Now he can be controlled just like the little girls. So these healthy little boys are being medicated into submission. It's criminal, and parents need to realize that many teachers just don't understand their sons, and they then must become the advocates. Wow. Amen to that. Yeah, it's terrible. It's sickening. It's criminal. And we need to really start working to fix that one. I don't want to waste any time. we got a couple minutes left here of the show, but you guys have a summit coming up with the Boys Initiative, not this weekend, but next weekend. What are you guys working on? What's going on? Next Saturday, October 8th, from 9.15 until 4, we have a series of experts, speakers, educators who are coming in talking about how boys learn, how to help our boys, what are some of the issues and trends affecting our boys, and not just sounding a clarion call, we also want to look at solutions. We have Michael Gurian, who, who's written close to 30 books on boy-girl learning differences. He's our, one of our keynotes. We have other uh, speakers giving workshops. Warren Farrell, who wrote The Boy Crisis in the afternoon, Jennifer Fink. So we want people to come. Uh-huh. It's virtual, <laughs> so you can enjoy it from your living room with your wearing your PJs and a cup of coffee. And, Andy, for your listeners, I'm going to give them a promo code because I want them to come and they can get a free registration. Here's the promo code. Ready? I'm ready. It's educate, E-D-U-C-A-T-E, educate. So if they go to our website, theboysinitiative.org, right on the first page, you click on register for the summit, the virtual summit. 
Even if you can't stay for the entire summit, perhaps you might want to hear one or two speakers. And if you can't go at all, when you register, you have the ability to listen to a recording for up to two weeks after the event. So that promo code, again, is EDUCATE for free registration. Free registration. Educate. Type it in there. Go to theboysinitiative.org right there on the homepage. Helping Boys Thrive Virtual Summit. This is going to be amazing. I love seeing this stuff. In about 30 seconds or so as we kind of wrap up here, have you seen, and with some of their speaking, uh, do you anticipate seeing, has there been uh, a focus or does there need to be a focus, do you think, when boys try to learn with the hands-on experience, bringing back the, the bringing back the auto shop, bringing back the wood carving, trying to focus on those types of things, getting kids' hands dirty and actually learning with their hands again. Absolutely. Our vocational education centers need to be fired up because not all boys and some girls even, they're not they're not designed for college. They they just don't don't look at themselves as going to college. So they need to have a, a trade where they many times will be a lot more prosperous than that child sitting at home with his degree in fine art. Dr. Vermel Green, the Boys Initiative, boysinitiative.org. Vermel, it's always great to talk to you. I love it. We gotta get you back on the show again soon. Please do, Andy. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, always a pleasure. We'll get you back on. Again, boysinitiative.org. Go and check it out. Until then, have a great weekend. We're back at it on Monday again to kick off a brand new week. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Be that catalyst for change. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.